just want to thank everyone for last Sunday. It was uh, the, the best Easter Sunday ever. I mean, it was such a wonderful time. And I want to give a shout out to Josie Norris because she sacrificed dearly. She got into the Jolly Jump first in the morning. She made sure it worked okay. And so thank you, Josie, for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was funny seeing Kim and Josie in there bouncing, trying it. And, they tried to get us in there. Richie wouldn't go in there with me. And I was like, what? You know, I was like, come on. It's your birthday tomorrow. Oh, by the way, it's his birthday tomorrow. So <laughs> he loves the attention. So make sure everybody wishes him a happy birthday. <laughs> so, um, so, but thank you for all the volunteers. I mean, it was a group effort last Sunday. And it was just so much fun. And just glorifying God and just worshiping him together. And just so thank you very much. Um, the next announcement I have is the new series that Kingdom Kids are doing. It's called Under the Sea. So it's Under the Sea with Jesus. So it, it's such a great opportunity just to teach the kids. And thankful for my wife that she's doing that. And if you have an opportunity, go by Kingdom Kids Room and see. It feels like you're underwater. And I guarantee you won't get wet, maybe. But it, it, it's a great time in there. So just go check it out and see what your kids will be learning. Even if you're old like me, check it out. It's just fun to see what it looks like to worship Jesus as a kid because that is some memorable moments with a child is in Sunday school, learning about Jesus, how to walk with Jesus and everything. And on that note, if you ever have the heart to volunteer in Kingdom Kids, I, you know there was going to be a plug at the end of this. Please let me know or my wife know. We'd love to have you come and volunteer with us. All right. Thank you. Jody? This is Jody, by the way, and Matt, and they really like talking in front of people, so give them a random. <laughs> uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, uh, Jody and I are up here to invite all men in the church to, uh, to come to men's group. Every uh, Sunday, we're meeting at uh, 9 o'clock out here outside the commons. Uh, it's just a good time to... Uh, share each other's lives, and talk about Jesus. So it's always a good thing to do every morning, so, or every Sunday morning. Yeah, so uh, we, we've been meeting, uh, like, like Matt said, about at 9 o'clock every morning. We've been, we've actually, today it was 10 weeks of us meeting, and um, this is not a uh, Bible study. It's not um, really a teaching, but it's just men sharing our life. Um, what I have found is that these men have all different experiences and we're able to come alongside of each other. A lot of wisdom being sh shared and uh, just a time that uh, just just helping you walk through life and uh, encouraging each other. So if you uh, want to come on nine o'clock, we welcome you. So I'm going to stay up here. And uh, I'm going to switch gears slightly from men's group to the pregnancy clinic. Um, yeah, just slight, slight switch. Uh, so we're taking donations for the pregnancy clinic. Uh, the point of the donations is to uh, pack backpacks for uh, women in need, um, uh, just to bless the moms that, that need uh, some things. And the things that we're accepting, there's a, there's a long list here. I'm not going to read them all because I practically can't see them, but uh, like just things like baby wipes, uh, taking baby blankets and toys, both new and, and lightly used, uh, sippy cups, I just want to say sippy cups, uh, toddler bowls and bibs, those sorts of things, like things that, that kids need, obviously, that, that you can put in a backpack. 
that sort of thing is, is accepted. And then uh, once those donations are collected uh, in the commons, there's a bin that you can put the donations in, and then we're going to put them all together in May. That's going to be a further announcement, and I'm hoping my wife will do that one. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you. Good morning. Now we're switching gears again to women's ministry. I have two quick announcements this morning. One is that the book club was scheduled for April 30th. That's getting moved to May 7th. So that gives us another extra week to read it. I have read it a couple of years ago. It's uh, the, woman, the book that we're um, doing this time is Seven Women uh, by Matt, uh, Eric Metaxas. Uh, and it's a very interesting book. And I read it a couple years ago. I couldn't find my copy, so I got a new one. I just got it yesterday. So I will also try to read the book in two weeks, reread the book in two weeks. So that gives us two weeks before the next book club. Um, the other uh, announcement I'd like to make is there is um, a really nice Bible study Tuesdays at 2 p.m. on Zoom, uh, uh, headed up by Cindy Mullins. And they're beginning a new study on the book of James. So that's going to be starting May 10th. Uh, again, all information is online. Uh, if you'd like to be part of that, get, uh, please email me uh, at my church email online. And I will give you, and Cindy will get in touch with you and give you the information on how to join that. But it's a great group of women, and uh, it's easy to go because it's on Zoom. Um, and then we will be following up with our women's uh, ministry summer schedule in just a couple of weeks. So we've got a lot of things planned, um, and we'll let you know in a couple of weeks what those are. Thanks. So, uh, actually, I've got the last announcement, but I, I, I just am feeling led to do something impromptu. Um, I didn't realize it was your birthday coming up here. So I think, what if we all just sing happy birthday to Richie, huh? That's okay? All right, you guys good with that? Okay, you ready? Here we go. One. Uh, and, okay, we have another birthday today. Okay, well, that's what we're doing. This is kind of off the cuff, but we're going to sing. Here we go. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Richie. Happy birthday to you. All right, so I'm making the last announcement. It just has to do with Mexico. I think many of you know that uh, we have a team of 21 people going down to Mexico two weeks from today. And we're gonna be down there for a week building two homes. Um, we have a, a great team. Uh, our fundraising has been going amazingly and I wanna really, really thank um, ever, all of you, but between the three churches, there's three churches that are partnering in this ourselves, First Baptist Church down the street and then a church called The Orchard in Arlington, Virginia. And collectively we have uh, gathered together through donations $25,800 towards our goal of $27,000 for building the two homes. So praise the Lord for that, his faithfulness, his goodness. Uh, how you can support us just is in prayer. Uh, we do need a little bit more money, and you're welcome to join in with that. But praying for our team, praying for the YWAM team that we partner with down there. And I still don't have information, but there's two Mexican families whose lives are about to be changed just dramatically through the love of God in two weeks and praying for those families. 
How many of you love just times of worship? Right? Sometimes you just need to, just need to stop. And life moves so quickly, and that's why when we get here, we're, we're not in too much of a hurry. You know, it's always interesting when you, when you do church, especially in the United States. Everyone's on the clock, right? And I've been in churches where they have multiple services, so, you know, you got to end because you got to get the, the cars out and the new cars in. And it's, it's one big organized, you know, machine on Sunday. So I actually praise God that we still only have one service and we can kind of just uh, enjoy our time together with the Lord and with each other. Amen? Right? And so, like I said earlier, we're going to continue our series through Philippians. And uh, if you're just joining us, Philippians is a letter. You know, we call them books. There's 66 books in the Bible. But actually, Philippians is a letter written from the Apostle Paul to the believers in a city called Philippi. Okay, and why is that important? It's important to know the audience because he's writing to Christians, okay? And there's a theme of Philippians, and it's joy. And it's joy, and the Apostle Paul has a lot of street cred for writing about joy because he's under house arrest. And if you know the Apostle Paul's life, it's not been a bed of roses. You know, shipwrecks, imprisonments, you know, just some horrific things happening in his life. And and suddenly in Philippians, he writes a letter uh, really encouraging believers to rejoice. And, and I'm really glad that, you know, after our series on biblical hope and, and Easter that, you know, we're launching back into this theme of joy and particularly rejoicing the Lord in, in light of even what's happening in the world. And sometimes, if we're not careful as believers, we allow the things of the world, quite frankly, to uh, distract us to become the center of attention. And uh, again, even though we're believers, this idea of rejoicing always can somehow just kind of ring empty because we've slid into survival mode. We've slid into reactive mode. We've slid into fending off the world mode or just getting by mode. And suddenly into this, we're going to see, he says, hey, rejoice in the Lord. Again, remember who's writing this from house arrest. And so it's kind of hard to kind of say, well, you don't understand. Well, he does. He, do, he really does. And so we're going to look at that. And in fact, in Philippians 3, uh, chap, uh, chapter 3, verses 1, 2, 3, in the ESV, it says, he says this. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Okay, so the context immediately here and why he talks about dogs and evildoers and circumcision and confidence in the flesh, he's transitioning us in chapter 3 initially to deal with what they call Judaizers, legalists, legalism. And who were the Judaizers? They were uh, Jewish Christians, okay, who uh, believed that Gentiles, non-Jews who became Christians, had to still fulfill the Mosaic law, particularly circumcision. Okay, so in order to be truly right with God, the Judaizers still promoted adherence to the Mosaic law, works, okay? And that was addressed in the book of Galatians, in fact. And we're going to look at, at the Judaizers and, and 
you know, uh, what he was addressing next week in a little more detail. Uh, but that's the context. That's why in verse 2 and 3 he calls them evildoers, you know, mutilating the flesh. He's talking about those who are saying, no, it's not good enough just to believe. It's faith plus. And that's, that's what we're going to look about next week is, you know, how many of us, if we're not careful, you're saved by grace through not by works, lest anyone should boast, right? And yet over time, if we're not careful, one of the things that robs our joy is that rather than simply rejoicing in salvation by grace through faith, even inadvertently as believers, we start to have faith plus. Faith plus go to church. Faith plus, and I'm not saying disobedience. We're not saying you don't obey the Lord, but as the basis of your salvation and joy, you have to be careful that you don't inadvertently go into faith plus, and that's why a lot of believers, you know, they just seem somber, and they just seem so, oh, and I'm like, what's wrong? Goes, oh, I blew it again, and oh, I'm such a horrible Christian. Now, I'm not downplaying conviction of the Holy Spirit, and we're not excusing any of that, but what I'm saying is sometimes, if we're not careful, rather than rejoicing in salvation by grace through faith, we turn it around, and now we're like, trying to follow Jesus, but we feel like we're always the worst Christians who always blow it. Anyone? Right? How many of you, you are your worst critic? Right? The voice. How could you? If they only knew at church. Right? Oh, here we go again. Right? And, and, and so all of that can come into our walk with Jesus. And rather than rejoicing in the Lord, you know, we're rehearsing how bad we are. Okay, so it's important, and again, we're going to look at the Judaizers and, and how that might be influencing us today. Uh, but what I want to focus on is this phrase in, in verse 1 where he says, rejoice in the Lord. Right, rejoice. And, okay, was that, like a Christmas word? Right, rejoice. And, and, and what does that even mean? And he says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And, and in, in order to really kind of understand this, we need to understand the difference between rejoicing or joy. So when I say rejoicing and joy moving forward, is kind of synonymous, okay, interchangeable. So we need to look at the difference between rejoicing or joy versus happiness, right? Because some of us were raised with the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, right? And that can bleed into the church, and in fact has bled into a lot of the church and the prosperity. Come to Jesus, and he'll make you happy. Everything will be happy, right? And so it's really interesting. There's a huge difference between biblical joy and the world's definition of happiness. And again, depending on how long you've been following Jesus, and if this is all new to you, this is very important because we were raised in this. So sometimes you might be struggling with the Lord and the pursuit of joy and happiness because you're still trying to untangle. Well, what does that even mean? Right? And so the word happiness actually comes from hap, H-A-P, which, which leads us to the word happenstance. Happenstance means circumstance. So if you're pursuing the, the world's definition of happiness is really circumstances lining up. Okay, it's associated with certain events. It's an emotion, an exhilaration associated with certain events, an event, a thing happening when things go well or are agreeable, right? So if, if then I'll be happy, okay? So it's happenstance. That's where you get happiness. So, so right off the bat, you think about, okay, 
what would make you happy? Just think about that. Because a lot of us live conditionally and future tense. If, then I'll be happy. Or I won't be happy until. So you fill in the blank, because I'm guessing everyone here and at home, you have those. Most of us were raised, if I, get a, if I go to college, then I'll be happy. If I get a, go to college and then get a job, then I'll be happy. If I make this amount of money, then I'll be happy. I won't be happy until I make this amount of money. I won't be happy until. See how it's future tense and circumstance? So if we're not careful, we bring that into, the, we bring this circumstance paradigm into following Jesus, and then what do you do when circumstances as don't line up? Well, Jesus, where are you? Right? Where are you, Jesus? I'm not happy right now. Weren't you, didn't, where's, you know, joy. You said, if I follow you, I'll have, my joy will be full, right? Well, I'm not happy. So we start to get the two confused. Because we're not happy, and yet the Bible says to be joyful. And, and it, we get all tangled up. And if we're not careful, then we start church, church shopping for ministries and teachers and authors that make you happy. That make you happy. Okay? And, and, and we have to be very careful that even as believers, we're not circumstance-driven looking for happiness in the world's division, in the world's definition. Okay? Now, is there anything wrong with being happy? No. Y'all just saying happy birthday, right? Okay. So, so we're not like squashing, oh, Christians shouldn't be happy. What we're saying is, what is the source? If you, wanna, if you want to have this testimony, even this transformation in your life as a believer, you really should, at the heart, be focusing on joy rather than circumstantial future tense happiness. Okay? And, and so when you say, okay, so then what is the definition of rejoicing or joy? Well, it, 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 at the baseline, it means to be glad, to thrive. Okay? And, and really, here's the crazy thing. Happiness is tied and based on circumstance. Rejoicing, based on relationship. If you get that today, if you just get that, your life can be transformed. Are you basing, are you looking for happiness dependent on circumstance? Or are you rejoicing because of relationship? Because this one is not dependent on circumstance. If you can stay here and focus on your relationship with Jesus as the fundamental core basis of joy, you'll have consistency. Because that's not dependent on circumstance, because circumstances change, situations change, your health changes, your finances change, your kids change, right? So how, if, we're gonna, if we're gonna base our happiness on circumstance, well, what are you gonna do in an ever-changing, <laughs> ever-changing world? You're gonna be tossed to and fro depending on what the news says when you wake up, depending on what your boss says, depending on how so-and-so treats you, depending on what email and text you get. If, you're, if your happiness is based on circumstance, that's kind of, you know, that's a rabbit hole, okay? 
And so really at the core, what we want to focus that, that this idea of rejoicing in the Lord is based on relationship to where you trust and you have such confidence and such a, a depth of relationship with Jesus that you can literally say, despite circumstances, you know what? It is well. Okay, so again, joy isn't like jumping around, being all crazy and putting on some plastic face. Hey, be joyful. No, that's not being joyful. That's being goofy, okay? It's not, it's be joyful. So joy is this, this deep, it comes from trust and confidence, stability in a relationship. So you literally, joy is like, it is well. That's joy, you know, and it may, it may be a little more exuberant at times or exuberant depending on your personalities, but it's not this manufactured flesh, praise the Lord brother thing that really is more of a show than anything. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a biblical joy of rejoicing that comes from the Holy Spirit as you walk in relationship with Jesus daily, amen? That's joy. That's joy, right? I love this quote. It says, what is joy? Joy is a supernatural delight in God and God's goodness. And it is a very different thing from happiness. Happiness is circumstantial, but not joy. Joy is an inner quality of delight in God or gladness. And it is meant to spring up within the Christian in a way totally unrelated to the adversities or circumstantial blessings of this life. We're free. We're liberated. Right? Many of you have read the statistics and everything of the last two years and how it's affected people emotionally, psychologically. It's been tough even for those in the church. But at the core, it should not have touched our joy. Because God has been God all through the pandemic. And God will continue to be God because the Bible says he does not change. The basis of our joy is an unchanging God in an unchanging new covenant relationship. Amen? We are secure in him. So it doesn't matter what tomorrow brings or what this afternoon brings. Nothing touches our joy if it's based on a relationship with an unchanging God. Amen? That's it. Now, I get this and we're like, okay. But that's easier said than done. Because some of us are going through things. That's why it's supernatural right? Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, what? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self, uh, self-control. Against such things there is no law. I've taught this in years past. Now, the problem and the challenge of teaching this in the church is that we go through that list, and if we don't understand it says the fruit of the Spirit, we leave here in the flesh. I got to be more loving. I got to be more joyful. I got to have peace. And we in the flesh try to do that. And we inadvertently had set you up for more checklists. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's supernatural. And because it's supernatural, here's the thing. It's part of our testimony. This is when uh, the world will look at us and going through some very tough times in our life, we'll see joy, not fake goofiness and and plastic happiness, but they'll look at us and they'll sense a deep joy, a deep peace, a deep contentment, and they'll go, I want that. That's what really draws people to Jesus, is they're watching us. They're watching us, right? 
And it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's choosing, okay, we're not, we don't bury our head in the sand and, and live in this weird world of denial about what's going on. But what we do in the midst of our world going like this, we choose to stay relationally connected. That's the choice, is to live out of relationship versus circumstance. That's the choice, okay? Then temptation is to go right into the way we used to handle it or to become reactive, okay? We're going to come back to this theme in, in, in Philippians 4 because he says this, rejoice in the Lord. Ooh. Again, I will say, right? So if you thought you were off the hook, in verse 4, he kind of like closes the deal. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Okay, quick self-eval. Do your own work. You don't have to share with your neighbor. How's your rejoicing been? Because according to 3, 1, and 4, 4, it's supposed to be lifestyle. Rejoicing is supposed to be a pattern, an ongoing pattern. I'll give you, okay, scale of 0 to 10. Okay. Just give yourself a number. How's your rejoicing consistency been? Because for a 4, 4 says we're supposed to rejoice always. So how have you been? Just in the last week, month, just where are you at? That's a great place. It's okay. You know, if it's not where you want it to be, it's okay. Just be honest. Because if we're honest, a lot of people in the church, they're still, they're living in circumstance. And, and I get it. I get it. It is, it is, it is a supernatural work of God to be in the midst of circumstances and choose not to focus on them. Amen? You have, had, you have to sit down and sit, have a come to Jesus moment and just be real and honest. Okay? And, and that's why he says rejoice in the Lord. Don't separate those two. He's not saying, hey, rejoice, and then we're like, okay, right? No, when he says rejoice in the Lord, that's the relational component. You can't separate that. Why can we rejoice always? Because it's in the Lord. This command and this ability, this supernatural ability is unique to believers. If you're in the Lord, you are supernaturally empowered to rejoice always. Because you can choose. Now, is it easy? No. And, and, I'll just share, you know, a little bit. Many of you were here a couple weeks ago when we did the fanny pack story, right? Well, another thing happened in Hawaii, I think the day day or two before the fanny pack, and my wife received a a voicemail, actually two voicemails and I think an email uh, from her doctor because uh, she had had done a, a mammogram before we left as part of her routine, and and they, had, they were trying to contact her for a follow-up. Oh, you know, we, we'd like you to come back in for some other pictures and ultrasounds. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, hmm. You know, and I, I'm like, okay. And, uh, you know, she, she received a little bit differently because she's done this, so it was more like routine for her. But for me, I don't know if it was me or just the Lord's like, I'm like, hmm. I didn't say anything to her, and I'm like, 
uh, maybe it's nothing. Maybe it is just routine. And so she was able to get in the Tuesday we got back. And I'm processing this the last few days uh, while we're on our vacation, and we get back, and, and we do what we need to do. She calls, and she um, makes the appointment, and, and she called me Tuesday. We could go Tuesday, right? We could go Tuesday. And I was here. She had taken some time off from work, and she went in for the follow-up. And, and they said, well, yeah, you know, there's something different from your past. And so we like to do a biopsy, you know, and it's a pretty strong word. You know, the, that, that word can send, can send you because it sends you into the unknown, right? And you're recognizing, okay, so now we're, we're down a, a few steps this way. And, you know, I'm, I'm living this, you know, and I have great, I share with, the, with, the, with my brothers and they're keeping me very, very Christ-centered and praying for me and she's sharing. And, and I'm processing this and, and I'm, Having literally to choose where my mind is going to go, I have to choose, you know, and, and I can make a choice and I'll be good for a season and then something will trigger me and I'll sense I'm about to, I'm about to go that way. So then I have to stop and I have to choose again. And it was just choosing. And so uh, she calls, makes it, goes in, they say, hey, we'd like you to come in in the earliest appointments a week later for the biopsy. So, you know, it's a week, right? And I'm like, I want to be kicked to the front of the line, you know? But then you realize there's a whole bunch of people that want to be kicked to the front of the line because you're just, this is happening everywhere and people are going through it too. And so you have to, you're in now, you, now you're, in the, you're in the cycle and now you, there's nothing you can do circumstantially. It's out of your hands. An appointment made, that's what we could do. Now we wait. How many of you aren't thrilled with the waiting game? Because when you wait, this goes. Like you're in waiting, but this isn't waiting. In a sense, you're like, Shh, right? And then depending on how you're wired, right? And I'm like, fix it. And I've been like, you know, dad and husband for all these years. And you're trying to like, you know, you're the fixer. And you want to go fix it. You can't. And I'm recognizing I have to just live a week of choosing. Daily choosing, right? And so I'm working through that. And uh, just this last Tuesday, she went in and had the biopsy. So then that's done. And what do you have to do? Hurry up and wait. Three to five. And I'm like, okay. We did what we could do, right? Do what you can do. And, and, and then you just wait. So I'm like, oh, wow, great, Lord. We're doing rejoice in the Lord. You know, and, and, and so I'm like, okay, it's a choice, it's a choice, it's a choice. And so I have to stay in the present. This is like discipline. This is, this is not like, oh, this is easy for you. You, you. you go up there every Sunday. This is easy for you, right? You, you've helped countless people through cancers and death all 30 years. Isn't this easy for you? Well, it's one thing to be the doctor and not the patient, right? And so... You know, I'm like, okay. And so we're walking through it, walking through it, and again, waiting, and I'm just having to choose. And then, you know, I get a call Thursday, right? She calls me, like, and how many of you know when you hear the voice on the other side, whether it's good news or not, right? Just immediately. So right away, sweetheart. 
right, you know, it's like, okay, good news. And so it was fine. It was, you know, negative and no, no uh, sign of cancer. Um, but, you know, I got to be honest with you. It wasn't like this exuberant, woo-hoo, because everything wasn't contingent on the result of that particular result. Because in the choosing to stay in the present, in the choosing to stay focused on God, you recognize that God was good all the way through it, regardless of what the biopsy showed. God was still going to be good. And I could still make the choice. It wasn't contingent on the circumstantial outcome of the test. God had worked through me and, and had challenged me way before I knew the, way before that. And so there was actually, honestly, I, uh, it was almost strange for me to come on the other side of a quote-unquote answered prayer and just still be kind of like at the same level of joy and peace that I was before the answered prayer. See, we're to rejoice in the Lord always, not rejoice in answered prayer. Very important. Can we celebrate answered prayer? Should we pray? When God answers prayer, is it a good thing? Yes. But do we rejoice as the basis of our walk? Do we rejoice in answered prayer? No. We rejoice in relationship. That's, we got to rejoice in relationship, in the goodness of God, in relationship that God works all things for the good. Even when the answer isn't what I hoped for or wanted, I, in relationship with him, trust him, have full confidence in him, give him my life, so it is well with my soul. That's what we're talking about, about joy, about peace, about contentment in, in relationship and not in circumstance. Okay? And that's why this is so important. You know, David B. Curtis says this, our joy comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's different from happiness, the happiness of good health. Because true joy persists in weakness, pain, illness, and even death. It's different from the happiness that we get from a new house, or new car, or new clothes, or anything else. Because it persists through the loss of everything. Why? Because it is founded in a relationship that can never be broken. What, what, why, are, why is the world so consumed with social media? Because they need the next shot of dopamine and affirmation from an ever-changing, ever-fickle world. They're looking for affirmation and happiness in, in a world that everything but a relationship with Jesus. That's what's going on. And, and, and yet, as a church, if we're not careful, we get kind of caught up into that. And rather than living with consistent joy, rejoice in the Lord always, if we're not careful, we get caught up in circumstances. And we start looking for others even to affirm us, others to approve of us, others to change our circumstances. Okay? To be very careful. He says, rejoice in the Lord because you know what? You're in Christ. When you put your faith in Jesus, there's positionally you are placed in Christ, in union. With Christ. You are in Christ, okay? Galatians 3 says this For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither, uh, 
no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen? So, you put your faith in Jesus, you are baptized, you are put into Christ, and he says, in that relationship, rejoice in that. Rejoice daily, consistently in your union with Jesus. That's the basis of our joy. Okay? I love this. Habakkuk 3.7 says this. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. Amen? I love that. Even though. And maybe for some of you here at home, this is an even though moment. Even though circumstances are this, I will rejoice in the Lord. Amen? You see the choice? It's a choice. Supernatural, empowered, Holy Spirit choice to take. Even though... I will rejoice. That's why it could be transformative. That's why this pursuit of future happiness, it's empty. Rejoicing is right now, real time. Real time. Some of you, I don't know what you're carrying. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I think you might have even those. You might be going through some even though, even though, even though, even though. And right now, even before you leave here, you can say, even though I walk through the door with this, even though this is waiting for me tomorrow morning, even though I choose to rejoice in the God of my salvation. This could be an incredible even though moment. Liberation from oppression and bondage and accusation and whatever you've been just been like really weighed down with. Even though I'm in Christ, I choose to rejoice in Christ. Okay? It's, it's, it's perspective. And it's not just when things are going good. Okay, remember, it's not just because we get answered prayers. I love this. In Luke 10, Jesus had sent out uh, his boys on a mission trip, and it was, a, it was a success. They're doing things. They're even like casting out demons, right? But look what he says. They all come back and like, Jesus, woo, high five. That was just an awesome time. And, and they tell him what happened. Look what he says in Luke 10, 20. Hey, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Amen? It's perspective. When you're rejoicing in the Lord, you're rejoicing in eternity. He's like, yeah, pretty cool. I like that, you know, casting out demons. Don't make that the basis of your joy. Rejoice that you're good to go in heaven. Right? And then when things aren't good, look what he says in Matthew 5, same, same eternal perspective. Hey, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Again, he's saying, hey, the basis of your rejoicing is eternal perspective. Let them say what they're going to say. Let them do what they're going to do. It's all good. Great is your reward in heaven. See, it's when we take our eyes off of 
the Lord and off of an eternal perspective and we get caught up in the stuff of man, now what does the Bible say? The fear of man is a snare. Now suddenly we got back into people pleasing. Now suddenly we're back into, I got to do this and I got to, and, and we just slide right back into circumstance. Circumstance. Okay? And so I encourage you this morning, where have you been on this rejoicing? Really? Where have you been? Where have you been focused the last week, months, whatever? What has been the source of your happiness? Have you been, have you been like, okay, if, then I'll be happy. I won't be happy until. Okay? Now, there are real world things we need to accomplish, and it's not bad to have goals and want to pursue things. That, that's all well and good. Okay, we should use the gifts and talents. We should be very good stewards of the resources God has given us, okay? But that's not the basis of our joy. We do that out of joy, right? And here's the thing. If you will engage the world, if you will engage life from a, a, a place of joy and contentment and peace, you know what happens? You make better decisions, Biblical, godly, spirit-led decisions because you're not being pulled by the fear of man and fear of failure and fear of disapproval and all the other fears that cloud your judgment. If you're rejoicing in the Lord and the relationship with the Lord is the basis of peace and contentment and identity because you're in Christ, you know what? You suddenly see the world much more clear. And then you start to see how people are making decisions based on man and fear of man and approval of man and success and all the definitions of the world you see how in bondage they are and you're able to make these pretty decision good decisions and even pretty big decisions in peace and in joy and in contentment because your identity is in christ and the source of your rejoicing is in christ amen it changes your whole perspective on the vision for quote unquote your life if you're coming at it from the relational component of who you are in Christ, okay? So I encourage you, take time. And then he says at the, at the end of the verse, he says, hey, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. It's interesting. So he says, hey, rejoice in the Lord. And he says, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. He's like, hey, you know what? It doesn't bum me out to repeat this. Now, there's a principle here. We should be, we should be very okay as believers to hear the fundamentals over and over, the basics. You know, it shouldn't be like, oh, you told me that. Oh, rejoice, come on, we know, we know already. You know, that's simple. I learned that in VBS in fifth grade. You know, rejoice, oh, come on, give me something I haven't heard. I want to go deep. You want deep? Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> I can't get much deeper than that. Right? And so... As a believer, just a word of encouragement, he's like, hey, man, I, don't, I, I have no problem repeating this. And as believers, when we get together, most of the time when I get with people, it's repeating the basics. Because it's mostly like, how are you doing with the basics? Right? And rejoice in the Lord always is about as basic as you get. And if some of us were to just camp there and make that a life verse and purpose to live that daily, your life would be changed. That was your life verse, and you said, Lord, today, I'm going to choose in the power of the Holy Spirit to live a supernatural life and to rejoice in you today. 
to be relational driven and not circumstance driven. Some of your lives would go boop. And you'd be free of that coworker that bugs you. And you'd be free of this and you'd be free of that. Why? Because you're just, you're just free. You're not looking for approval. You're not looking for acceptance. Their little comments don't affect you the same way because your joy in Christ is untouchable. Man in circumstance cannot touch your joy. You're free to be you in Christ. So you walk around. Right? I, I was just talking with someone just yesterday who was working through some relational issues. And some people had um, misinterpreted what they had said and done and, like, made up this whole. Have you ever had to, like, talk to someone and, like, because there was a misunderstanding they, like, completely misconstrued you. And, like, they were misreading everything you were saying and you were doing, like, in a very negative way. Like, I think you're crazy. Like, you're, you know, like, well, you and you and you and you did this and you said this. And, and, and you're just sitting there like, who are you talking about, right? Because something set them off. And they believe someone's, they believe what someone told them and it skewed their whole view of you. You ever have that, right? And so now there's angst because they believed, without coming to you, they believed it, and now they colored their whole view of you, right? So I'm dealing with this with someone yesterday, and it, it kind of got resolved, but you know what I told them? I said, you know what? They were asking, what do I do next time? I said, you know what? Be free. It got resolved. They kind of got out. The cards, you know, they kind of dealt with it. But I'm like, you know what? Move forward and be free of them because you can't control them. You can control you. You can control what you focus on. You can control what brings you joy. You, can, you can't control them. A lot of times our, our, our life is like this and this and this because of what people say and do, and we have no control over it. And if we're looking for this as a source of our happiness, then we're really in a mess. But if we rejoice in the Lord, we're free. We're free. We're free of people, free of... Even when there's misunderstandings, we don't have to walk on eggshells around them. And what if it happens again? Well, then it happens again, but you're still free. You see what I'm saying? Because the basis is no longer man-centered. It's relational Jesus-centered. If we live out of this, we can leave these doors into a broken and fallen world with broken and fallen people and live in peace and contentment and joy because they are not the source of my joy and peace and contentment. Amen? Now, we go out there, and if we live this way, you watch. People will be like, how do you do that? How, do you, how are you not so angry right now? How do you not want to get revenge? How do you not send the text back to that? And you're like, it's all good. It's all good. And that's the peace and the joy that they want. And it's in Jesus. Okay? Grace Edmund says this, rejoice in the Lord, that's the key. I suppose if you wanted to sum up Christianity in four words, this would be the best possible phrase you could use, rejoice in the Lord. This is the mark of the spiritual life of a truly spiritual Christian. It is the distinctive sign of a victorious Christian. It is the one attitude that invariable, invariably brings peace and contentment to the heart. Therefore, it is the one thing Paul repeats over and over and over again, rejoice in the Lord in the Lord. Amen? Let's pray together. I just want to thank everyone for last Sunday. It was 
the, the best Easter Sunday ever. I mean, it was such a wonderful time. And I want to give a shout out to Josie Norris because she sacrificed dearly. She got into the Jolly Jump first in the morning. She made sure it worked okay. And so thank you, Josie, for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was funny seeing Kim and Josie in there bouncing, trying it. And they tried to get us in there. Richie wouldn't go in there with me. And I was like, what? You know, I was like, come on, it's your birthday tomorrow. Oh, by the way, it's his birthday tomorrow, so. <laughs> he loves the attention, so make sure everybody wishes him a happy birthday. <laughs> so, um, so, but thank you for all the volunteers. I mean, it was a group effort last Sunday, and it was just so much fun, and just glorifying God and just worshiping him together. It's just so thank you very much. Um, the next announcement I have is the new series that Kingdom Kids are doing. It's called Under the Sea. So it's Under the Sea with Jesus. So it, it's such a great opportunity just to teach the kids and thankful for my wife that she's doing that. And if you have an opportunity, go by Kingdom Kids Room and see. It feels like you're underwater. And I guarantee you won't get wet, maybe. But it, it, it's a great time in there. So just go check it out and see what your kids will be learning. And even if you're old like me, check it out. It's just fun to see what it looks like to worship Jesus as a kid. Because that is some memorable moments with a child is in Sunday school, learning about Jesus, how to walk with Jesus, and everything. And on that note, if you ever have the heart to volunteer in Kingdom Kids, like you knew there was going to be a plug at the end of this, please let me know or my wife know. We'd love to have you come and volunteer with us. All right, thank you. Jody? This is Jody, by the way, and Matt. And they really like talking in front of people, so give them a random... <laughs> Uh, good morning, everybody. Uh, uh, Jody and I are up here to invite all men in the church to, uh, to come to men's group. Every uh, Sunday we're meeting at uh, 9 o'clock out here outside the commons. Uh, it's just a good time to uh, share each other's lives and talk about Jesus. So it's always a good thing to do every morning so, or every Sunday morning. Yeah, so uh, we we've been meeting uh, like like Matt said about at nine o'clock every morning. We've been we've actually today was ten weeks of us meeting, and um, this is not a uh, Bible study. It's not um, really a teaching, but it's just men sharing our life. Um, what I have found is that these men have all different experiences, and we're able to come alongside of each other. A lot of wisdom being sh shared and. Uh, just a time that uh, just just helping you walk through life and uh, encouraging each other. So if you uh, want to come on nine o'clock, welcome you. So I'm gonna stay up here and uh, I'm gonna switch gears slightly from men's group to the pregnancy clinic. Um, yeah, just slight slight switch. Uh, so we're taking donations for the pregnancy clinic. Uh, the point of the donations is to uh, pack backpacks for uh, women in need, um, uh, just to bless the moms that, that need uh, some things. And the things that we're accepting, there's a, there's a long list here. I'm not going to read them all because I practically can't see them. But uh, <laughs> like just things like baby wipes, uh, taking baby blankets and toys, both new and, and lightly used uh, sippy cups. I just want to say sippy cups. Uh, toddler bowls and bibs, those sorts of things. Like things that, that kids need, obviously, that, that you can put in a backpack. That sort of thing is, is accepted. And then 
Uh, once those donations are collected uh, in the commons, there's a bin that you can put the donations in, and then we're going to put them all together in May. That's going to be a further announcement, and I'm hoping my wife will do that one. So, <laughs> all right. Thank you. Good morning. Now we're switching gears again to women's ministry. I have two quick announcements this morning. One is that the book club was scheduled for April 30th. That's getting moved to May 7th. So that gives us another extra week to read it. I have read it a couple of years ago. It's the woman, the book that we're um, doing this time is Seven Women uh, by Matt, uh, Eric Metaxas. Uh, and it's a very interesting book, and I read it a couple years ago. I couldn't find my copy, so I got a new one. I just got it yesterday, so I will also try to read the book in two weeks, reread the book in two weeks. So that gives us two weeks before the next book club. Um, the other uh, announcement I'd like to make is there is um, a really nice Bible study Tuesdays at 2 p.m. on Zoom, uh, uh, headed up by Cindy Mullins. And they're beginning a new study on the book of James. So that's going to be starting May 10th. Uh, again, all information is online. Uh, if you'd like to be part of that, get, uh, please email me uh, at my church email online. And I will give you, and Cindy will get in touch with you and give you the information on how to join that. But it's a great group of women, and uh, it's easy to go because it's on Zoom. Um, and then we will be following up with our women's uh, ministry summer schedule in just a couple of weeks. So we've got a lot of things planned, um, and we'll let you know in a couple of weeks what those are. Thanks. So, uh, actually, I've got the last announcement, but I, I, I just am feeling led to do something impromptu. Um, I didn't realize it was your birthday coming up here. So I think, what if we all just sing happy birthday to Richie, huh? Think that's okay? All right, you guys good with that? Okay, you ready? Here we go. One. Uh, and, okay, we have another birthday today. Okay, well, that's what we're doing. This is kind of off the cuff, but we're going to sing. Here we go. One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Richie. Happy birthday to you. All right, so I'm making the last announcement. It just has to do with Mexico. I think many of you know that uh, we have a team of 21 people going down to Mexico two weeks from today. And we're gonna be down there for a week building two homes. Um, we have a, a great team. Uh, our fundraising has been going amazingly and I wanna really, really thank um, every, all of you, but between the three churches, there's three churches that are partnering in this ourselves, First Baptist Church down the street and then a church called The Orchard in Arlington, Virginia. And collectively we have uh, gathered together through donations $25,800 towards our goal of 27,000 for building the two homes. So praise the Lord for that, his faithfulness, his goodness. Uh, how you can support us just is in prayer. Uh, we do need a little bit more money and you're welcome to join in with that, but praying for our team, praying for the YWAM team that we partner with down there. And I still don't have information, but there's two Mexican families whose lives are about to be changed just dramatically through the love of God in two weeks and praying for those families.